and this is my Slovak experience. Welcome to my Slovak experience podcast that will be here for you also in 2019 and I'm already looking forward to talk to many wonderful people. This year I will also record the conversations on video whenever it's going to be possible. And you can see us if you go to my Slovak Experience channel on YouTube. And now it's time for my today's guest, that is Kat, a very nice lady with a Russian name, Ukrainian surname and a white and Bordeaux Latvian heart. Kat is an adventurer. She left home in Latvia 11 years ago to discover something more about her life. For a while she lived in Portugal and then she went on and settled in Slovakia for now to work for an international company. The first time she saw Bratislava, she thought, this is a city I would never want to live in. And now she lives in Bratislava. Slovakia has been her home for over eight years and she still enjoys the experience. And now give it up for Yekaterina Nikolayenko. Enjoy and thank you a lot for listening. I'm here with, uh, actually, I'm going to explain the, the, the whole name and then, you know, I'm here with Kat, but uh, your ne- full name is Yekaterina Nikolayenko, right? Wow, well, so, well pronounced. Welcome to my Slovak experience. Thank you. I actually like to, like to introduce myself as an owner of Russian name, Ukrainian surname and Latvian heart. Okay. I mm-hmm. will explain it within our conversation what does that mean so we already understood that you are not from slovakia obviously so you you come from what of these uh, three places you so i come from latvia it's uh lotisko in slovak it's not litva as many people perceive it in the first impression and uh, it's one of the three baltic countries mm-hmm. it's actually in the middle of three baltic countries located by the baltic sea russia is our neighbor estonia from the north, Lithuania, from the south, mm-hmm. and also a small piece of Belarusia is neighborhooding with us. So from Latvia to Slovakia. Actually, it's a bit more complicated than just this. From Latvia to Portugal, and then to Slovakia. Okay. That's actually even more interesting, because that's, uh, I can imagine that the, f- the first movement is... Uh, uh, something my place did for opportunity, but then you just moved again. To, so wh- where all started? All started in a kind of a very, I, I like to say it this way. When I was a student, I, I had a boyfriend and he wanted to go first time to US. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to go with you. And, and he, he told me, but you're kind of a person that likes to be at home. I don't imagine you going out so far mm-hmm. away and being away from your place. And I was like, oh, maybe that's true. So I didn't go with him. But then this bothered me so much, so much that oh, why, why he labeled me this way. So um, the first experience was actually me and my friend, we went to England for summer work for four months. We worked there as a waiters. My English was not so good, but um, it was also a challenge for me to learn the language. And then I, I, I saw that it's not so scary, it's not so bad. You always can come back. I came back home. I studied law in Latvia, and uh, when I finished university, it was a bit scary for me to think that that's it. Now I need to be a lawyer mm. and work and nothing else. So I decided that I don't want to go that way, 
and I said I will go somewhere, the furthest point in Europe. I didn't want to leave Europe back then, but I said I will go to Portugal. Okay. Well, it was not that easy that I just picked a country in the in the map, but yeah, I decided to go for Portugal. I studied in Erasmus. It was only few in it was not nothing wow like very far, but I met great people there. We were more than forty nationalities. I met people from all over the world, and uh, yeah, I had some I had some connections back then also in Portugal, and I said. I would like to go there just to see how it is. And so you went to a country instead of you didn't have a work there or anything. I didn't have particular. anything. I had a person that I liked there. Okay. I it kind of was also my motivation to go there. Love is always the key. Yes. So, and I I I, I liked the language as well. And I said people also challenged me that oh, Portuguese is too hard to learn. So if you tell me this, I will make sure that I do it because it challenges me. So I went. It was summer end of the summer when I went to Portugal 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow, 11 years ago. And it was 2008. Or? 2008. It was August 28th when I left my country. Mm. And I didn't know that I will leave it for so long. And the uh, first couple of months I was living okay. learning language. For me, in the beginning, the biggest challenge was that I didn't even know when the sentence starts or finishes in Portuguese because it all sounded like one. Okay. I went to school and our teacher didn't speak any English. I remember her saying just one word in English because she didn't know how to explain it, it differently. So for one month I had a very intense course and um, I just started to get it. Then I started to work. I created many friendships and I was very happy there. Then how long have you been? Two and a half years. Okay. Two and a half years. Worked as a tourist guide in Porto wine cellars. So, which means we had a caves. People come. We tell them the story. At the end, they taste wine. And next group comes. And we start again. In the beginning, I was doing just in English. Once I had Latvian group, just one mm -hmm. Latvian group in two years that I was working there. So, for the rest, it was English, but... English, Russian... Latvian. Okay. At the end, I also dared to do it in Portuguese for Spanish people who didn't speak English. They preferred Portuguese, so okay. I went. I went with them then. That's cool, actually. Then in yeah. two years, then you from a totally language you, you have no idea to something you can effectively yeah. show and explain. And I have to thank my friends in Portugal because um, they challenged me a lot. They spoke English, but they didn't speak it to me. Mm -hmm. They were teaching me all bad words in the beginning, so I was very educated in all the swearing words in Portuguese, because you, you kind of need to know them yeah. when they communicate. And then when I started in caves in Sandman, it was Sandman, my colleagues, I created really great relationships, and I hope my friends will watch it, and, and I really appreciate them, and we still keep in touch. They, they teach me many things. They were laughing at me at first, mm -hmm. like in a good way. Uh, of my accent, of my pronunciation, mm -hmm. even the words I say. When I want to say fish, I say stairs and, and vice yeah. versa. But we were texting each other and they were cor correcting me and, and, and teaching me. So in this way, I learned much faster and better way. You Did you know anything about wine before? You, you just got... I just like to drink wine. Ah. I didn't know anything about port wine. In, okay. in Latvia, I remember when we were teenagers, we when we were, were going out, we didn't have so much money. But mm -hmm. there was this... Uh, 
Partvein from Russia, mm -hmm. very cheap, very strong, very sweet. So we could get one bottle and seven girls, we were having fun after the bottle. That's not really nice uh, things to say. But when we were young, we didn't have much money for good quality mm -hmm. drinks. And then when I came to Portugal, I was like, of course I know port wine. I was drinking it as a teenager. That's no, not the same. It's yeah. not the same. Of course, port wine is, first of all, just from Porto region, uh, Douro region yeah. uh, in Portugal. So anything else is not a port wine. Yeah. But I learned a lot and I really liked it. I liked to to degustate the wine and to understand the differences. Why one wine is more red, one wine is less red, more, more brown, and what's the color and how we consume it. And really teach me appreciate mm -hmm. this drink. Yeah. But was... Um, uh, so basically you already experienced a lot... Um, what a foreigner um, that you know goes to another country experience of the need to you know put yourself into the game to learn uh, and to try even things that you have no idea about what and at the same time show that like you are a good sponge of mm -hmm. of, of different um, you know new information and stimulus and in a short time you completely change the point of view right but uh, then at one point you after two years you somehow suddenly came to Slovakia, right? So w what brought you to Slovensko? Yeah, in Slovakia, I was in Slovakia for the first time actually in year 2009, I think. Okay. So it was visiting my friend here. We met in Erasmus in Lithuania, Kristina and her now husband, Peter. They live in Trnava and I came to visit them for skiing. I never mm. skied before on uh, real mountains. In Latvia, highest peak we have is 311 meters. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I don't know, in Slovakia, it's, it's a joke, right? Yeah. So we went to ski and um, I, I got to know Trnava first and I really liked the city. Then they brought me also, of course, to Bratislava. And this is also one more thing. Uh, I, th I said, Bratislava is so ugly. I don't, I would never imagine, I didn't say it loud. I was, you know, I didn't want to hurt their mm -hmm. feelings. But I said, this is certainly the city where I, don't want to live ever. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it and, and we moved never on. Say <coughs> never say never, say right? Never, right? Mm -hmm. So then I came to their wedding here in Ternava and I kind of was familiar a little bit with, uh, well, you can't say familiar, but I was here twice before I moved here. So when Christina called me and she said if I would like to come and work for one big company in Slovakia. And at that point... Um, it was the period of my life when I was two years in, in doing the same job. I really loved it, yet I already started to feel I don't learn more things and I don't know what's next because there's not much growth in the, in the tourism of wine cellar guiding tours. And uh, I said, why not to try at least for two months? It was February when she called me and I said, if I come for two months, I come back to Portugal for the season when mm -hmm. season starts. I was self-employed, so I didn't need to finish the contract and so on. I could just go for as many months, weeks or days as I want. So I told my boss I'm leaving for about two months. And I literally packed one luggage. I left my things uh, in my friend's garage, all the boxes, all my books, all the winter clothes, because spring was coming. I came here in March. And I said, I will give it a chance for two months because I still will be on trial period and I can leave whenever mm -hmm. I want. And I truly believed I will leave because, come on, Portugal, sunny, seaside, beautiful country, tasty food. And Slovakia, I don't even know. I don't like Bratislava. Why am I even doing that? But I said, it's a challenge. Let's try. Mm -hmm. So I tried. After two weeks, 
I wrote my boss, you know, I think I'm not coming back, so don't count on me. And uh, yeah, I stayed so it here. It took two weeks, for you? It took two weeks. It took two weeks. What did you like in particular in these two weeks? I think it was a combination of things. People usually ask me if I had a kind of, uh, what is the biggest difference between Latvia and Slovakia? Not so much. But I came from Portugal where I, when I, where I spent two and a half years. And honestly, I felt a bit of a cultural shock of the communication of people, city itself, many, many different things. So I felt like, wow, it's really different. And I should not be so surprised. I'm coming from similar, similar place. And, um, and yeah, was, what was the initial question? Sorry, I forgot. Like, uh, you know, what was... You told, told me that in a couple of weeks you were yeah. particularly okay. interested. Yes. So what, what was that particular thing you liked uh-huh. that at the beginning made you so surprised about Slovakia? Mm-hmm. I think it was more the job I got. It was, I never worked in the office eight to five, kind of a very scheduled job. Mm-hmm. When you come, then you do your job. And I was learning two weeks. is nothing, honestly. But I got such a good vibes from team I had. I had, a, I had a foreign manager. I had team of 40 colleagues. We Many of us were new. We were learning. Many of us were foreigners. And I started to feel a bit like back in Terasmus. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. And I said, it's not so bad. I thought office job is more boring and that it's not so creative. And I said, I want to give it a chance more than more than, than just this. I can always come back. I always have this, this kind of perception. I can always go back where I already was. Mm-hmm. But if I don't try, I will never know how it might be. So I, I, I give myself an opportunity to try and not to regret. So you, you were in Bratislava in the beginning when you came? So I came, I lived in Trnava for first Half a year, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, since March till September, I lived with my friends. So also that was very, very great feeling to me. To be with them, to get to know them even better, to get to know Slovakia. I, I, I traveled every weekend somewhere. I got to know the country. We went to mountains. We went hiking. We went just traveling different villages and cities. They really were willing to show me their country. And mm-hmm. they're really proud of, of where they are from. And I really learned a lot about it, and I liked it. I felt I felt good about it, yeah. And um, once you once you came, and you you know you were working at the same time, you um, an experience in Slovakia, right? There um, was there any um, kind of comparison you were doing with uh, Latvia and your hometown? Any big difference you noticed at West from from your hometown? Mm-hmm. Well, in Latvia, I the last six years before mm. I left, I lived in Riga. I studied in Riga, so my life was very pretty much in the capital. But my parents live in a small village or a small town, so it's it's not fair to compare a big city of Slovakia with small village of mm-hmm. Latvia. But of course, I would compare it to Riga, Bratislava to Riga, and uh, even now when I look back, it's it is different. Mm-hmm. The architecture is different, people are slightly different, food is different, yet somehow our cultures are more similar, more similar than with uh, with the countries of the South. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make me feel foreigner here. And you know the funny thing, I don't look foreigner here. 
in Portugal when I came, everybody knew I'm not Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Everybody has dark eyes. I have I have light eyes. For mm-hmm. them, I'm blonde mm-hmm. because I have light hair. Even if I, for me, it's dark hair. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there, obviously, I was a foreigner, and uh, sometimes it was good. Sometimes it was not so comfortable. Most of the times it was not very comfortable, mm-hmm. especially when you are alone on the street. Mm-hmm. So here I didn't feel that. I felt like I belong here because I look like a Slovak. Yet sometimes it was very funny because in the beginning I didn't speak Slovak. I speak Russian, but I didn't speak Slovak. I could understand some things. And when I started speaking, I remember we went for a wine tasting with my friend and I asked something in English about the wine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this guy felt so offended or angry. He was like, why do you need to speak English to me? All these Slovak people, they be- start to become so posh to pretend they know slow mm-hmm. English. And I, cu- I could just see his body language and his facial expressions. And I was looking at my friend like, what is he telling me? He said, stop <laughs> pretending to be, not to be Slovak. I started to laugh. And then I was like, seriously? I started speaking Latvian to him. And then he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And, and then we left. So many situations like this. And, and, and that made me feel a bit like, I don't know, not even shy. But when I came to shop, I was trying to speak my best Slovak to ask for something mm-hmm. so they don't, they don't think I'm pretending. Or these silly things, you know. Even sometimes now I come to the shop, I still don't know how to say when I want to ask this cheese or ham on a weight, mm-hmm. how to say 100 grams. Because they say one deci or something. There so. is no grams. <clears throat> exactly. Decagrams, Decagrams or something. Oh, yeah. I always say, sto gram, this one. And they looked at me like, okay, she's not something. <laughs> but, I mean, they understand. Oh, it's, uh, that, that's very interesting also to me. Like we, I, I, Coming from Italy, you also have grams and mm-hmm. not decagrams. doesn't really make a difference. But, yeah, it's still a yeah. particularity. Somebody one day chose that decagrams exactly. as a way to sell ham. But. And it's okay as it is, but anyway, um, how so? You're Slovak now. It's it, you can understand, right? I I speak fluently. I would say I I can read now. I read actually one book in Slovak. Mm-hmm. I challenged myself. My colleague gave me a book in Slovak. It's it's easy reading, so it's okay. Mm. When I feel it's more complicated, I change to English. Mm-hmm. So I took one course, or actually two courses in Slovak. Also, so I I I feel okay. So I, your your Latvian basis didn't help you to learn Slovak better, I guess. No. But the Russian speaking, yes. Yes. In the beginning, it confused a little because some words with a similar meaning or with similar they sound similar, but they have totally opposite meaning. I mm-hmm. remember we went for skiing, and I told my friend, "Oh, you." Uh, I said it in in English, but I tried to use some Slovak words. So I said, "Oh, you have such a krasny nos." Mm-hmm. And she was like, wow, thank you. And I was like, why are you so appreciative about it? <laughs> because krasny in Russian is red. Okay. And krasny in Slovak yeah, yeah, is yeah. beautiful. So kind of these situations, but it's always cute and it's always uh, funny at the end. But um, yes, Russian helped me. If mm-hmm. I would speak Latvian only, I would have some troubles probably with Slovak language. Hmm. And uh, when you um, you go back home now, you have... Um what is the uh, you know interest from Latvians about Slovakia, or what uh, um, you know what what are they asking you about? Is My family is always asking, what do they eat? Mm-hmm. Do they go to church? 
my grandmother is very Catholic and she needs to know what is what what do people do what uh, if they if they go to church how their Christmas Easter celebrations are what is their favorite food uh, and so on my friends are mostly interested about how's my job if I could have similar job and come back to Latvia mm-hmm. and so on and what keeps you so long there what is so special well, about I understand it Slovakia, yeah. sorry yeah. Mm. Why why don't you come back? And I really now What do you tell them? Now they calm down. I say I I like I like my job. I have okay, in the beginning it was it was different maybe answer. I was just like I, I feel like I still want to discover some things. I I don't I, I know I can come to Latvia anytime I want. Again, as as with my first move. I know I can come back anytime. But I will. I don't know how it can end up. So I was always let me try this and this, and then always IBM brought me different opportunities, and I really could find something that I like to do, mm-hmm. and I I really appreciate it so much because I think I look at many people around me. I look at some of my friends that they do the job, they go to to work, and they work there, and then they come home and they are happy that they don't need to be at work anymore. And for me, it's like I go to work. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I have fun. I I really love what I do. And then I can go home and I don't mind to sometimes open my laptop and do something for my work because mm-hmm. well, as I read recently one phrase about work-life balance, somebody who needs work-life balance don't really probably like their job so much because they need to balance it when you appreciate and enjoy your job. You integrate it in your life and I think I'm in the second part. I'm integrating it. And go back to Latvia just because it's my home homeland, and I have to go back there and find something and work to earn money to survive. I I prefer to to enjoy it. To have fun at the same yeah. time. But also, do do you think because that that's an interesting question as well? From so do are we are we the job we have? So, mm-hmm. or, you know, because work-life balance is like you consider that you have a life mm-hmm. and you have a job, mm-hmm. but you actually have the job also during your life, right? It's not that it stops your life uh, when you enter the office. So, but I never, um, you know, had uh, uh, it's the same answer from everyone. Everyone has a different point of view. So what's your point of view in this? My job allows me to have such a flexibility that... If I need to have my life during my job, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means, I don't know, example. What is the re- most recent example? I'm studying. I was studying in the, um, in the Creative Academy, mm-hmm. the marketing, half a year, last year. And uh, I really needed sometimes to go there sooner. And there was no issue. I know that I finished my job. I can do If I don't finish my job, I don't mind in the evening after coming from whatever I do, open my laptop and answer one email or mm-hmm. finish what I haven't finished. There is no uh, problem with that. So for me, of course, I will not stop doing my vacation and take my PC there mm-hmm. and then start doing my job. No, I'm not not exaggerating this way. But I don't mind if I have to today, if I need to finish sooner i know that there will be no issues. My manager will say, if there is nothing hanging on your side, I don't mind it. But mm-hmm. if I know I have to finish something, I don't mind doing it at home 
or in the morning before coming to the office, I know that I promised someone something and I want to send it before nine, I can do that without any issue. But it, again, it's. I think it depends a lot on personality of the do, person. Do you think it's like a common approach or? Mm. Every job is different okay. and every approach can be different. When I was working in operations, I honestly didn't like so much to come to home and still if I need to work, finish some invoices or I don't know, do some technical things on my laptop because I, mm -hmm. then I, I took it differently. Mm -hmm. When I was in operations, there were maybe more kind of accountability to the business. Okay. Now my job is slightly different. Uh, no IBM revenue is kind of impacted mm -hmm. if I don't issue that invoice. Back then, yes, if I don't issue this invoice, yeah. that can be a problem so for clients. Of course. Of course. So I don't work with external clients now. Mm -hmm. I work in employee experience team with internal employees. Our clients are our employees. So mm -hmm. I don't say that it's less important. But if I if I don't respond to this email today at 3 p.m., but I responded at maybe 7 p.m. because of some reasons, there is no problem of yeah. that. And, uh, so, and at the same time, uh, when you're outside the office, so what, uh, what, uh, what's your life about in, in Slovakia, in Bratislava? Mm -hmm. I try to keep myself um, active. When I came to Slovakia, um, I, met, I met my best friend. We still are best friends. She's here for seven years. We are friends for seven years. And we were trying all different kinds of sports. So we were doing jumping. It was very famous a couple of years ago. Then we went dancing um, boogie-woogie. I was trying to dance hip-hop. And then I saw all those 15, 14 years old kids. They are so great. And I'm like 20-something. And I don't even know how to move so fast. So mm -hmm. I, I dropped it very quickly. But I tried it. We did CrossFit. We did different things. And then my friend came to me and she's like, I found new sport for us. Okay. And I was like, what's that? It's a pole dance fitness. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, you can go. I, this is the only sport I'm not joining you. Maybe from the wrong perception I had about it. It comes from striptease, in my opinion. It came from striptease. From mm. I was like, no, no, no. You go, you tell me later. So she went and she came back. She said, you certainly need to go because it's really hard. You need to work out. I said, okay, let's, let's try it out. First training I didn't like. I didn't like because there was nothing difficult. We just were, you know, doing some swings and... I was like, "What's interesting in that?" And uh, but trainer, she was really, she was really nice. She was attentive. She was telling how to do things correctly, and I, I, I liked it that she cared. I liked mm -hmm. that my trainer cared. So my friend said, "Let's go one more time," and I was like, I was doubting a bit, but I came once more because I said, "Okay, let me try once again. If don't like it, I will never come back." Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, after that training, I bought the, you know, permanentka. I don't know how to say it in English, these 12 entries. Okay. And I was going three times, um, three times a week. So pole dance means that you, it, it, it's a dance around the pole, right? Well, actually, it's, yeah, when going you say... basically up and down, and so it's kind of similar to... When you dance, it sounds like, yeah, we dance, but uh, so it's nowadays... it's a physical experience at the same time. Nowadays, yeah. pole dance has many different kind of branches Okay. So there is pole dance fitness, which I'm focused on. So we do exercise not on the uh, horizontal pole, like a um, mm -hmm. street workout, for example, but on the vertical pole. And it's actually quite demanding. Well, cross the quiet. It's a very demanding sport. And uh, 
since I do it five years and some month, mm-hmm. I still learn so many things. And this is probably what keeps me going because it strengthened my body. Uh, it it made me more self-confident in terms of my body because I was always shy to, to go into my swimming suit on the beach. I considered myself chubby uh, when I was younger. And uh, it really teaches so many things. And now I'm I'm trainer. I'm training. I have around 15 girls mm-hmm. that I'm training. And when I see how they change, but not just physically, because changing physically... It's difficult for some people, it's easier for some people, but how they change also in their mind. Okay. It's an exercise where you, it helped me a lot when I had difficult times. And uh, it's kind of sci- a certain way of also, for me, was meditation, because you don't think of anything else. Because if you think about how your day was and not focus what you do, you can fall and really break your neck mm-hmm. or, or damage yourself. So you really, really need to be attentive. But when I see how girls which come there and they say, I can't do anything, you really need to work more on their mindset than on their physical capabilities because they need to believe they can do something. So this is what I really appreciate in this sport. So I'm trainer for four years now. And uh, you all started here in Slovakia? Yes. Then, right? but, yes. Uh, and is it in Bratislava? It's in Bratislava, yeah. Popular or it's becoming, still a niche? It's becoming, becoming popular? very popular, I would say. In the last years, there are now, I was counting, 11 studios, I think. Mm-hmm. There are 11 studios open. And what kind of um, you know, age you should get is like for any age? If I can well, get I, my mother to do it? Or? I have a man who is 65 years old. Really, respect. He's coming there, working on his flexibility. He's quite strong. But he's working on his flexibility and he's trying to do... Of course, everybody is different and everybody needs to focus on different things, even in a group activity. And we have a group activity. So for me as a trainer, it's also quite a challenge to find activity for everybody that fits everyone. We have ladies who are 50 years, 64 years then girls of 18 some some kids even were coming but i don't i don't really go for training kids because i i, I don't have education in this area mm. uh kids bodies are really developing and if you don't do it correctly you can damage the damage their progression so for fun they come to try first time but then i i don't really train kids the youngest girl now i think uh it's 24 years old that I have. So from 24 till 65. Oh, interesting. Something I actually never knew before watching your Instagram account and seeing that <coughs> mm-hmm. there is, uh, you know, something quite um, interesting as well, that it's not only a dance, but at the same time it requires uh, muscles, mm-hmm. right, to mm-hmm. climb the pole and go around. Yeah, and there, as I said, different branches. There is so pole dance fitness. Mm-hmm. There is pole dance exotic. So that's more about dancing. Mm-hmm. Girls wear high heels and they don't really do a lot of physical climbing part. Mm-hmm. But that also is quite difficult uh, type of sport. And uh, and then you can have pole dance acrobatics. Mm-hmm which you basically do different tricks on the pole. And uh, when I went to Russia for this camp of pole dance, I went specifically for pole dance acrobatics. And that's scary when you have to jump suddenly okay. from two meters pole. So it, everybody, if, if you want, you can, you can find your, 
But how, how right. much is connected with the original stereotype you were sharing? Like, is there uh, this kind of... Uh, who, who is doing the lap dance, for example? Is passing through pole dance or probably <laughs> not, right? Well, uh, lap dance, I'm not so sure. But when I read, um, I, I was really reading many articles before... Um, in the beginning when I started. And it says that pole dance was born from striptease area. Yeah, but, yes, yeah, striptease but also area. like where it all started is in India with acrobats, right? They were using a wooden pole to do different kind of tricks. And even if you know YouTube, India, uh, acrobatic pole dance, you will see those really flexible, I would call them crazy people who can do such a tricks amazing unbelievable and it's nothing with the sexual part of it mm -hmm. probably uh striptease came after and then pole dance was born this okay. that's how i interpret it do you think this striptease has damaged a bit the view of uh, pole dance well you know it's it's or maybe people are not willing to start this because of the mm, this not anymore not I anymore. don't think anymore. Maybe in the beginning it was my incorrect assumption, mm -hmm. and I believe many people as well, but uh, no longer because nowadays we have social media where you can check everything and you can just, I don't know, follow someone and, uh, and, and, and check pictures, check videos. Everything is all available. Um, cool. I didn't know it. I, I really, I, I don't know why I thought about lap dance. It's, it's the different thing, right? Yeah, it's there are different different branches. I'm so it's a different branch, mm -hmm. but that that was my mind that considered when you have a pole, there's this kind of thing. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought about it. I think uh, you know, th and this explains the same reason of why when you have a kind of stereotype and it's something that is in your mind, then you don't really think about it so truly because it's mm -hmm. just not part of your life. Mm -hmm. You always have a kind of association, but the more you know, the uh, more open you become, right? This is the thing with stereotypes or with our own perception of the things. I would call it more our perception, maybe on some on some previous uh, information we've got, but we should just don't be assuming things, but learn about it, mm -hmm. see what's there available, and then make your conclusion. Pole dance is not for everybody. Like, if it if it would be for everybody, everybody would yeah. do that. The same as basketball is not for everybody, or the same as swimming is not for everybody. So, people come more and more. People come. They try. Some of them stay. Some of them leave. Like I didn't stay for for hip hop because it was not for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what are the stereotypes you you had about Slovakia instead that you changed your mind mm -hmm. in these last years? Honestly, before I came to Slovakia, I didn't have many stereotypes. The first Slovaks I met in my life were my friends in Erasmus, and they were very kind and very nice people. Mm -hmm. So I had this perception of very kind and very nice people live in Slovakia. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe very characteristic, uh, how you say in English, the, the shape of the face kind of very similar, they, they, they have very sharp facial, exp not expression, but the bones. Mm -hmm. This I kind of had, uh, had in mind that, uh, but nothing, nothing really more. I didn't know much, so I couldn't uh, create assumptions or stereotypes. Hmm. And what, um, um, what is your, uh, if somebody asks you, you know, 
um, tell me something very good about Slovakia and uh, Slovaks now. So what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. So, well, Slovakia is a bit bigger than Latvia in population. In territory, it's a bit smaller than Latvia, but it's also very diverse. I love mountains. I really like to discover hiking. And now in winter, I started skiing in Slovakia. Then two seasons ago, I said I need to try snowboard. And I I really fall in love with snowboarding. So it's a versatile. And what usually what people ask me is, so when you're in Latvia, what do you you miss from Slovakia? Mm -hmm. And this is mountains. Really, the view and uh, all the green things. Even the Latvia is very green country as well. Mm-hmm. We are, we claim we are the greenest country in Europe, based on the size and how much part of Latvia is covered by the forest. But we are very plain, so I miss the views of the mountain. This is what I also really liked in Portugal. What I miss in in, in Slovakia and I have in Latvia is the seaside. Is the seaside, but otherwise, its seasons are almost very similar. Summers are a bit warmer here, mm-hmm. but I'm very grateful that this year we have also very very strong winter with a lot of snow. This mm-hmm. is this is how I am imagining the year. We how have winter is supposed how winter to look is supposed like, to look yeah. like exactly. So and the people, maybe they maybe they are a bit uh, more conservative. If that's that's the correct word to use. Mm, more serious um, and I, th- I believe you've heard so many times about the service mm-hmm. in, in Slovakia you confirm those uh, I, I do confirm <laughs> it changes opinions. I really like to see how it changes but when I was here for first time it was quite I, I used to work in service in Latvia also I, I was a working as a waitress when I was studying in summer yeah, also in London you, you, you also worked in as England, a waiter, yeah. yeah so I learned that service has to be on top, excellent. You have to smile, you have to be polite, and you have to... Now, who told you that? Well... The client or your owner? My, the owner of the place where I worked here. Yeah. If you are not smiling, if you are not nice, we don't want you here. I remember in Latvia when I went, and it was a very good place, very... In Jurmala, Jurmala is a city by the seaside. Many mm-hmm. tourists are coming, not only Latvians, but tourists from abroad. And my friends work there. And I was like, wow, how can I get to that place? And on the interview, the owner told me, so here we smile and here we are nice and polite. And uh, But people are nice and polite because they are taken care of also of the owner of the place. I don't say it's everywhere the same. I had, uh, I had this kind of experience back home. So um, when I came here and... Uh, People were not the same as I would expect myself to behave with a client. That was shocking. So surprising. So like that apparently nobody says you should smile and be polite. I don't know. I just say we just blame usually for culture or or for yeah. I, I mean because that's the point. It's uh, in all the time that this you know this argument came out. There was all this you know the somehow underlying idea that it perhaps does the culture as it is mm-hmm. and uh, so culture blaming it to the communist uh, environment before like to say you know that time the state was taking care so now people mm-hmm. don't really take care of and there is no culture behind but how long are we going to blame exactly that's the point is yeah. it really the culture or it's um, owner perhaps or it's just that or is the customer from the other side, right? 
there's always two sides, right? We can't blame just one side. Maybe also a customer is not helping. So, but I but I see change. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of new places are opening in Bratislava, and uh, a couple of weeks ago we went with my friends for a coffee, mm-hmm. and the place was supposed to be closing. So we were there outside thinking, should we enter? Should we not? Because usually if you enter. F- 10 to 7, yeah, they are already way, they are already like, no, we don't serve, but you still have 10 minutes. So we were like doubting, should we enter? The lady opened the door, she came out, like, girls, come in, why are you Why are you standing out there? We were like, yeah. do you talk to us? You're finishing in 10 minutes. Like, no, no, come in. And then she was offering us even cakes. And, and my friend was, she's Slovak, my friend is Slovak. She turned to me and she asked, are we really in Slovakia? Because mm-hmm. I want to cry of happiness. Mm-hmm. That this is happening so slowly, but but certainly the things get better. And it's individual after individual. Exactly. And anything that the customers should do to make sure that this is uh, customers improving? always bring. You know, we as a customers, we come there with our own luggage, with our own moods and experiences. Yeah. Not always we are the best customers. Always, also, when we judge, we should think how. Do I look like? How do I look like now? Do I look like I'm smiling or am I very serious? I still can be in a good mood, but my mm-hmm. face can say that, well, don't better talk to this person. So, of course, immediately other part is mirroring us. So if I'm very serious, most likely, not always, that person will be more serious. If I enter with a big smile in the place, more likely person that is receiving you will re- receive you with a smile. Again, it's not 100% always the no, reality. Course. It's like, why are you smiling? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> but that's, 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 that's true. The smile is always contagious. Yeah. And, and if uh, we just blame always one part, it's not really fair, I think. So we should start with ourselves. And then you learn by doing, and people will learn at the same time. Exactly. That's, that's the cool part. Exactly. And uh, so uh, we already mentioned one, but what is uh, what else do you don't like then? What I don't like, <coughs> or what it could be improved, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I usually try to only think about improvement when I face the situation, when something has to be improved. Mm-hmm. So I don't really live and think, oh, they should change this thing in Slovakia, they should mm-hmm. this change these things in Slovakia. But lately, what I was thinking a lot about, especially when it's snowing, mm-hmm. I was like, they don't. They don't have this service of cleaning the the not their big road, but the smaller smaller pedestrian mm-hmm. sidewalks in Latvia. Again, I'm compare naturally. Yeah, I'm course, comparing. So when it's snowing, of course, also in Latvia, we are very surprised that it snows in December. Yeah, we didn't expect snow in December or January. Wow, how shocking is that? Uh, but then, but then we have we have people who are literally paid. Uh, I don't know not name in English, but they paid f- to clean the streets. Almost right away, okay. sidewalks and the roads. So when it snows, and I live in Kramare, it's, I think, almost one of the uh, last places behind the Kramare, mm-hmm. one very small street. It's the last street in Bratislava that is cleaned. So in the morning or in the afternoon, I have to go like in big snow. Bring your skin. Exactly. In those moments, I think, damn it, why don't they just clean these roads? And then I see in the afternoon these machines come, but there are no, like, manual cleaners Mm -hmm. of the roads. It's just the difference. And then I, lately, this was one of the things that I would, I would think, why they don't have it? Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. Others, 
what should I change? I don't know. I usually, as I said, if I have it, then I think, oh, this should be different. And, you know, it's so it's been so long I don't live in Latvia. Yeah. 11 years. And definitely in Portugal, they don't have snow problems in no. many areas. So. But uh, when I go to Latvia, of course, I also try to notice things that could be improved. Everywhere things can be improved, for sure. For sure. How do you see yourself now, like from after many years in various countries? Still Latvian or European <laughs> or mm-hmm. Slovak? Oh, yeah, people ask me, so are, are you sl- more Slovak now? No, I, I, I'm, I'm Latvian, yeah. It's, it's, I will always be Latvian wherever I live. Even if I have Russian name and Ukrainian surname. Mm-hmm. I was born in Latvia, I was raised in Latvia, I was going to Latvian school in the... Latvia, my heart is in, you know, Bordeaux, white Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. It's not red, it's darker, darker red. So, but of course, the more we travel, and that's why I'm grateful for Portuguese experience. It was, it was one of the hardest times and more amazing times. Hardest because it was so far from home for a very long time. I remember I woke up one morning and I was so homesick. And I realized I can't just sit on the bus and go to meet my mom. I really can't do that. And then it hit me that, wow, I'm here on my own and I need to figure it out. And uh, it teaches you so many things. It brings you so many different people in your life. And each of those people give you something or take something. But Mm -hmm. it's also because it's part of the growth, right? So, yes, I'm European and Latvian for sure. I will never become Slovak because Slovak, they have their own flag in the mm-hmm. heart. Portuguese, they have their own flag in the heart. But we can always shape ourselves a little, adapt ourselves in the culture. Because if I would not adapt here, I, w- I could be sitting here and, you know, sorry for expression, bitching about everything. Yeah. But then the question will be, what are you doing here, right? Why are you here if you don't like it? So mm. if I'm here, it means I feel good here and I feel welcomed most of the times in most of the situations. Do you feel at home in Slovakia? Yes, I say I have two homes. I have three homes. Portugal is still one of my homes as well. You go back to Portugal sometimes? As well? I've been there. Last summer I didn't have a chance. Or had I? No, I didn't have a chance. But uh, previous year I went twice. Hmm. And then I I had a bigger break. But uh, I I tried to go there. I'm planning to go there this year, my Portuguese friends. And uh, if you have visitors in uh, Bratislava, where do you take them? Or was the mm-hmm. touristic tour? <laughs> That's like, you know, common path is uh, yes. always... My mom, she felt like she's on a kind of competition of we need to see as many places as as, as we can, she told me. Well, they're the classic places of uh, city center. I really like Vyazda Slavova Namestia, that passage, uh, especially in summer and autumn when all the trees are with the leaves and uh, those coffee places there. Then uh, Castle area, of course, when I came first time here, these were the places I was taken to, so I take my friends as well there. Slavin, I live just 20 minutes walk from Slavin, so it's it's a nice walk. And I usually I usually also walk there by myself. Then uh, Devin, and I try also to take them from Bratislava because Bratislava is not Slovakia, or only Bratislava is not Slovakia. So uh, I, I go with my friends or my, my brother and my mom to Červeni, Kamen, 
this castle Trnava because it was one of the first cities where I where I started living here. If they would stay longer, because usually they come just for shorter break, uh, three four days, I would take them certainly to mountains. But you know, to go 300 kilometers in one day, come back another. I rather spend time mm. here. Take them to Vienna because it's only only 60 kilometers. It's so close. So we for sure go for one day Vienna trip or if my friends come and I need to work I send them to Vienna <clears throat> for a day for sure yes and uh, what else what else yeah I, I, I try also to take them to nature mm -hmm. not to show just these touristic very famous places but my favorite places where I go I like to walk near near Danube I like to go from one bridge to La Franconi and then cross it mm -hmm. and walk from other side so it maybe seems like yeah but what what to see there but it's something that is close to close to me and where I like to spend my time so might be not so touristic places mm -hmm. but that for me means uh, something Koliba. Uh -huh. And uh, so your life in Bratislava, how is it? You more leave the city or you more walk around in the mm -hmm. nature? So now for the past one year and a half, I live out of the city center. I was always living in city center, different flats. I changed, I think, eight places in seven years. So, But they always were in city center. So then my life was more in the city center. Now it's more out of the city center. In the beginning, first year was more traveling also in the weekends. Now when I'm having trainings on Saturdays, I rarely make a plan that I will go out uh, in winter or mm -hmm. spring. Summer is different. Summer I always try to be somewhere else, by the lakes or, or, or in the mountains. So, yeah, now I try to st spend more time in nature. I live close to Horsky uh, Park. Horsky Park, not Horsky Park, Horsky Park here close to Slavin, mm -hmm. so I like to walk there. I love to walk there. There are many, many dog owners running with their dogs, and those dogs are usually very friendly, so you can talk to them. <laughs> yes. It's cool. There are uh, um, the nature, the walking is a common pattern around mm -hmm. Slovakia, and uh, it's actually cool. Right? You, if you watch Bratislava as well from... Uh, you know, one of the skyscrapers, if they can, we can mm -hmm. call it like that, around, you see there is a lot of green. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of white, but in general, it's a lot of wing, a green. So it's a, it's a yeah. nice green city. And I like about um, people here that they really are active in nature. I think that was also one of the things, wow, they run so much. Like literally, when the spring comes, even in winter, people are running and they are keeping themselves active. Mm. Uh, active. I really, really enjoy to see that, and it also motivates you kind of to mm. to do the same. My landlords, they they run marathons and they are fifty, sixty years old, and they are always going <laughs> to some do some activities, and it's like really amazing to see because they they care about their health, health and uh, family is big value. Mm -hmm. But this is this is something that I also like about Slovak Slovaks and, and, and Slovak culture. I remember when I was living in Trnava, every Sunday was lunch with family. In Latvia we do, but it's it's not so official or if I can say official, we also are very close. But it's it felt a bit different here. The more traditionalist. Yes. Uh, yes. So this is one of the things. 
What is the um, popular food in Latvia? <laughs> That's very uh, famous question of people. We we <laughs> are <laughs> we are potato bread and sour cream lovers. So I went for Christmas now. I usually okay. don't eat sour cream. In Slovakia, first of all, I can't find the same sour cream. As There's we not have. the Kislas Mata. No. no. Okay. no. Uh, our bread is super dark. It's a, almost black black bread. Uh, I don't find it in Slovakia either. And then, okay, potatoes we eat here. People eat here a lot. Large quantities. But when I went home and it was always pork meat, then potatoes with sour cream and the bread. It's like a bomb for your stomach. It's so heavy, but it's mm-hmm. so tasty. All the combination of the fl- flavors are... are. But the, if I can say, if you go to like a um, Latvian restaurant of traditional cuisine, mm-hmm. they would also certainly serve foods with uh, cabbages or gray beans. Grey peas, sorry, not beans, peas. Green, we have green peas, but also grey peas. When they are dried, they become grey. So they would boil them and serve with bacon, mm. fried bacon. It's very filling, very, very heavy food, but it was a food of peasants when they were going for the field, working on the fields. They didn't have a lunch in cantina. They mm. had to kind of uh, survive the whole day or bring with them. So their breakfast was gray peas with a bacon, probably bread as well. And it fed them for for a very long time so they could have strength and force and energy to work. And uh, here, what do you like to eat? I started to like haloshki after skiing. I don't eat haloshki usually. I don't have this kind of taste. Okay, let's go for haloshki. But when we ski, certainly if I if we go to Koliba and there are haloshki, 99% of the time I will uh-huh. choose. It took me time to learn liking it, probably because of brinza. I don't really like brinza so much. So if I can choose haloshki without brinza, I would Nothing similar in your tradition? No. And I also like started to like kofola. I don't drink it usually, but I remember when because Slovaks are proud of kofola, they're like, "You have to try this drink." And then when I tried it first time, I was like, "What's that? It's not really tasty." I said it a bit more with a different expression of my face, and they were a bit offended. How cannot you like it? <laughs> but then I tried the chapovana kofola, yeah, yeah. drafted kofola. On uh, on one of the mornings after a bit heavier night, and it really felt so good. And I said, "Okay, this drink got some points from me." And in combination as well, it's possible, right? With halushki yes. and kofola. <laughs> but food variety is not so not so rich. Uh, I was really spoiled in Portugal mm. in terms of food. Wow, really, I could eat maybe all year long, every day, different meal. So even from different types of seafood, fishes, meats. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be it's hard to be non-meat eater in Portugal because they have so amazing variety of the things and sweets. I don't even talk about the sweets. How many how many different types of sweets they have. So and again it's it's differentiating different cultures. You see like in Latvia we eat, we like to eat, but we don't care so much about it. Mm-hmm. In Portugal, people really care about and it. Talk about it. And talk time. about yeah. it like Italians probably, right? So, and again it's 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 particularity of the different different cultures and it's not bad or good, it's just different. No. Yeah. 
And I certainly miss Portuguese food a lot. No place here that you, you visit? I haven't found no authentic. If, if you guys listening, you know some Portuguese restaurants, just please mm. write me because I will go there for sure. And, uh, but there is no Latvian restaurant, no. right? And no. There no option to open one in British now? <laughs> How many Latvians there are, by the way? Do you have a big community or you're not part of it? Or? I know around five in Bratislava. I know there are more. There are more, but they live in Trenčín or, or other cities. But we don't really, at least I am not in the community. You know, I was trying to keep my Latvian community in Portugal. I was not so successful. I was kind of forcing a lot mm -hmm. to find Latvians. And I found two girls there. But it was not so so successful. And then I said, okay, why would I then spend my energy so much? I have my Latvian friends in Latvia. And abroad I will get to learn different cultures and different people. If I meet Latvian people here... I'm more than happy to 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 keep in touch with them, and I have a couple of people. But if we if we need to call them close friendships, they are not mm. close friendships just because we live abroad and we oh, of are Latvians. We don't have to. I really what you know what is amazing me is my friends, Mexican friends. They have so huge community, and this is when I look at their community how they do things together. Sometimes I miss the same thing with 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 my people, but then. I hang out with them, so uh, I, I get to learn also different things. But there are not many Latvians. We are less than two million in Latvia, so mm. and mo many of us, many of Latvians, went to England uh, some some decades ago. Mm -hmm. So if you go more to England, you will meet more Latvians than here. It's a uh, always a big, uh, you know, big question mark in uh, the in international. Uh, experience when you're a foreigner in a different country if you should follow your own nationality so try to make your own little country in within a country or if you just fully integrate and not care about any difference mm -hmm. right so everybody has a different opinion so mm, not to caring also it's very strong strong word yeah not to caring about like for example last year latvia celebrated 100 years mm -hmm. it was on 18th of november and of course on these kind of days <clears throat> you feel more connected mm -hmm. to to your country. So I invited my my Latvian person that I know that with whom I talk the most, and I said, okay, invite your friends as well to my place, and let's make food and and do something. Well, she came, and my other friends came. Mm -hmm. But this is the this is the, also the beauty about it that you can share your your culture mm -hmm. with other people, and they can learn about it. And I can learn about different cultures. I would cultures. come as well to celebrate in this you case, see? right? Yeah. That's not a problem. So yeah. So everybody can celebrate the happiness of somebody else. Yeah. And you know what I'm looking forward the most mm -hmm. this year is a hockey championship mm -hmm. because it's in Slovakia. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Latvia is playing in Bratislava, so I already have two tickets for two. one of them is with Italy. Okay. So <laughs> I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and yes, this is something I'm really looking forward to. And I believe many Latvians will be there. So this is one of the events when, when we really try to kind of gather together so we can create a bigger group of fans and, and go together for, for the games. So I know a Latvian, then Latvian knows a Latvian, and so we will we will communicate and, and bring cool. each other together for that one. Because the, the country has a kind of a hockey tradition? Hockey is a very strong, mm -hmm. yeah, and I think, I think we are very, very um, 
big fans of, of this sport. Okay. We might not win so many times, but we really look forward to these games and, and live with our players. Cool. Basketball is another one, but if basketball oh, yeah. players would come here, probably I would not go for the game, but hockey. Okay. Yeah. And also, th there is also a Slovak tradition for hockey, yes. so it's something in common. It's a pity Slovakia is playing in, in Košice, mm -hmm. and we don't play, at least in the beginning, we don't play together. That would be an interesting game to see. Latvia and Slovakia. Perhaps the derby. Like, not the derby, the, the final would be that one. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Let's see, let's see. Cool. And um, any particular experience you had uh, as foreigner that, uh, um, you know, made you feel not so welcomed or anything like that? or as you, Because you said at the beginning you passed kind of... Um, yeah, you, you, are, you look like Slovak, maybe, mm -hmm. let's say, that you told me. And so you... But I, I wonder. Not so welcomed. Maybe I just sometimes create this feeling in myself when I, because I, I want to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not able to express myself so well, then mm -hmm. I maybe think of myself that, ah, maybe I'm not so welcome because I don't this or that. But nobody ever... Uh, like verbally told me anything that would, would say, okay, we don't want you here or something. Never. It happened to my friends who are, they look like they're foreigners. And then I really live with them this pain because it's not a pleasant feeling when, when you are <laughs> discriminated because of your color of your face mm -hmm. or color of your skin. And yeah, then it's really discrimination and, I'm glad I haven't experienced it. I don't even know how I would react in this kind of situation. It doesn't matter even, but uh, I haven't. What? Have you? Um, no, but, um, you know, you always have, um, uh, you know, if very, a lot of situations where if you uh, don't speak a language, mm -hmm. right? you obviously get maybe more less possibility to communicate perhaps mm -hmm. sometimes um, or so that means that the, the communication is, is harder and you might have someone that gets scared of mm -hmm. even if you even if you speak Slovak but at the beginning like yeah I don't want to speak with you or if you're clearly from a you know different accent so you identify your nationality mm -hmm. there might be those situation where uh, the conversation goes into those that are the things that people know about your country, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and doesn't go deeply into we are two humans, right? And mm -hmm. we talk to each other. Uh, so we can actually talk about other things than, uh, you know, my football or the pizza or whatever thing, right? Um, so that is some sometimes... It's good because you have something to bring from your own nationality, that you you bring something on the table, you bring a point of view, right, as you share also from Portugal, from what you learned, from your experience. So that's great. Uh, but sometimes it might be putting people in two boxes mm -hmm. and it's hard to speak if we are inside two different boxes, right? Mm -hmm. So we should get rid of the box and just um, hug each other and talk with us 
we are from the same planet at the same mm-hmm, time, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe some situations when because my name doesn't really seem Slovak. Yeah, so when when people see Yekaterina Nikolaenko, then and if I'm there standing in either foreign police mm-hmm. or or anywhere else, when they can read my name and they're like, ah, oh, wait, wait, come here, do you speak English? Come to mm. talk to her. And I'm like, I, I sometimes I just <laughs> give it the time to enjoy the yeah. moment. And then I, I just say, hovorím po slovensky, pohode. And they're like surprised, how how come you yeah. are not? And But then people are very, very more, more open when they hear you speaking Slovak. So if I wouldn't speak Slovak, probably that would be different experience. That's but, true. But... No, Slovak is very important um, yeah. to uh, much more integrate. But it's, I mean, normally who is born in a country and didn't learn any other language, mm-hmm. uh, that's the only thing they have. Yeah. Uh, so it's our duty, perhaps. So I, I think this is really what I think. If I come to live in different country, it's my duty to mm. learn their language. It's not their duty to learn another language to communicate. So when I went to Portugal, of course, I could appreciate if my back then friends or mm-hmm. friends to be would speak English to me. But and I was sometimes upset that they don't speak English always to me. But I understood why they did it because they wanted to help me to learn Portuguese. If they would speak English from the beginning, I would be too lazy or I would say, why do yeah. I need to learn? So it's our duty. And some people have troubles to learn languages. That's true. My brother, he's been living in different countries as well. He never learned on a very flexible level a language, mm. English. It's just hard for him. He's good at something else, but he's not so good at languages. I'm good at languages, so I really use this skill and... I, I don't I'm not ashamed to say things. Mm-hmm. But you know what I discovered? Now when I was in this creative academy course, mm-hmm. um it, it was full in Slovak. Some speakers they were using some jargon and some language that I would be like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But still I understood the 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 full meaning. But when they ask something to us, in English at work usually if something is asked, I will be freely communicating or if I have something to say I will be first to say and there even if I knew what to say these words just didn't come out of my mouth in Slovak and then I realized wow I thought I'm fluent I thought I can say whatever but in this specific area my vocabulary is not yet as good for me to express myself yeah. 100% and then I stay and it was again lesson learned for me I was like wow I listen I understand I can say something, but I don't have enough of of skills or language skills to some, some express. Like that you need a certain level of confidence before saying certain words or speaking. A confidence, but way. also how to say them. Yeah. Simply how to say certain things that on top of your tongue they are in English, but then in Slovak they just don't appear. Yeah. To me, sometimes when I you know overhear or you know, hear a conversation in Slovak, I, um, before speaking up, even if I understood the conversation, I always um, hesitate because I'm not 100% sure I understood that that word meant that thing, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. I speak a little bit, perhaps less than what I could, just because I'm not sure I really got it, maybe. And to not feel maybe awkward to just jump with a conclusion that was completely out of the conversation that was like, no, we weren't talking about it. So, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it happens. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that's probably what blocks a bit uh, uh-huh. the kind of development of a yeah. fluent conversation. But then another part is when at work my colleagues suddenly start speaking Slovak something and then suddenly they're, 
Katya, sorry, we are speaking Slovak. Is that okay with you? And I'm like, guys, seriously, Perfect. this conversation is fine. <laughs> like, you know, this, but it's nice because they yeah. still they still consider that there might be something you can't understand. But and I think it's our uh, as a foreigners, well, it's our destiny kind of. Unless we learn Slovak in the highest level, then we can communicate just the Slovaks. So that's why when people ask me if I speak good Slovak, I say I can speak Slovak. But there is still area of improvement, for mm. sure. That's true. Cool. So you started from one idea to just uh, see something, how it was outside. And after 11 years, you are still in this kind of journey. So how would you, you know, what would you say about you looking back and also what you have now, what did you achieve with your experience and also with your Slovak experience in the last nine years? Mm-hmm. Well, I really, I really appreciate this characteristic in myself that I want to try things. Uh, I, I was just talking today to my team that for the biggest part of my life, I considered myself extrovert. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to believe I'm an introvert. But more and more things are showing me that I'm, I am an introvert. I just lived an extrovert life. And if I would not do that, I would not maybe experience as many things as I have. Mm-hmm. Um, there always can be, of course, we can always do more, but at certain period of our life, we do the best we can. And I try to do always the best or the more and the best I can currently with all the possibilities that I have. So I, I, I'm glad I didn't give up. It was very, there were very many heavy and difficult moments also here when I came to work at IBM in mm-hmm. Slovakia and I wanted to leave after half a year, I wanted to leave. I was literally browsing jobs back in Portugal or, I don't know, going maybe back to Latvia because, um, again, sometimes the moments come when you are not so certain. Is it a really good choice? What am I doing here? But I'm very happy that I stayed and I I overcame those and where I met many amazing people thanks to whom I could achieve many things or get in my job where I am right now. Of course, it's always we do it, but if not other people, we would not achieve certain things because sometimes a right person opens you the right door and then you make the choice or they help you to make the choice. And um, and just be open to things because it's, as I've said before, it's also very easy to be judging and say what doesn't work or what's so yeah. awful everywhere is things that don't work. I'm lucky person because I could have traveled quite enough, I would say, so I could see how people live in different continents and in different countries. And I'm very grateful for what we have here and what we can experience here. So sometimes people ask me if you could change something now, 11 years ago. I would not change this courage of mine to leave home. It was difficult. It was not easy. I was 20, what, two? It's not too young. It's not too old. But it's still like leave your parents, leave your comfort zone, leave your friends, leave a good job opportunity. But then you, I would probably always live with this uncertainty. But what if, what if, what if? So I'm very, I'm very grateful for my courage often. So not looking back and uh, when moving forward, 
doing it without um, hesitating too much, right? No, you know what? I'm hesitating sometimes when I have a choice, what to choose, what to do, what to do. But always then I say, what will I regret if I don't do? Mm. And then it's easy. So what will bring, what life will bring me? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I will stay here for many, many more years. Maybe something else. I don't know. Yeah, so don't ask me a question where do I see myself in five years. <laughs> But certainly, I'm having a good quality of life here. I have great community. I have hobbies and job that I'm enjoying. I have, I have, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. So, but if something interesting comes to me, I don't say I will not want to try it. And that's an interesting experience. <laughs> that is. I, it, it's the least expected outcome at least expected maybe country where I would see myself when mm. I was 20 where I would go because then you have big dreams and you want to go I wanted so much to go to Africa to be volunteer and mm. I wanted to do this and to do that and then I went to Portugal and then I wanted to live in Barcelona because it's so beautiful I really mm. like this city and then, okay, England, many people go to England, so I don't want to go there to live like that. But then Latin America, and then I end up in Slovakia, which I would never think of, but then which enriched me in so many different ways. So it's also about how you take and perceive things, that if you are open, you will, you will get many experiences. I know people who, who live here and never been to Vienna. I know people who've been here and never did certain things but again it's their choices or their preferences and their experiences that's so and uh, but at the same time it's probably you know the um our fears sometimes to do something or to not do something are mm -hmm. uh, always motivated by the unknown right the thing that we have no idea mm -hmm. But a, a lot, at least all the Slovak experiences so far will always prove the fact that if you move forward, any new step is, uh, is some like great learning opportunities, and it changes you mm -hmm. from from the inside as well, right? So, uh, how many things you learned in the last years and uh, are totally you know priceless and uh, unique. Yeah, I mean, I'm also a person who likes to learn, so I'm always looking for opportunities to learn. But I don't say that I would not learn el anywhere else. But uh, that's that's I I really don't like people who complain about, especially when mm. they live in Slovakia. We can complain. I say again, I'm repeating myself, but we can complain about so many things. But then again, we should question ourselves. Then why am I putting myself in the situation where I'm unhappy? Mm -hmm. So maybe this is life that brought you here and you need this job for a certain period of your time. Fine, make peace with that and find something positive in it instead of just saying how terrible winter is because mm -hmm. it's snowing so much. It's a season. It will pass and yeah, spring yeah. will come. Absolutely. So service awful. Okay, I also get upset when somebody's throwing me money instead of putting it. Then give a feedback to person. 
don't just complain to me about it because what can I change? I can listen, I can mm. be empathic about the situation, but that person will never change if you just That's don't true. tell me, tell, don't tell them about it. So Sometimes it's a problem of truth, I say, like that we politely don't say the things that mm -hmm. we are supposed to say. Mm -hmm. uh, and... And now we call it feedback, but at the end, it's also a, it can be a normal truth, right? Like mm -hmm. your, your service is not enough good because mm -hmm. of this reason. Yeah. I'm sorry, but live with that and learn instead of, ah, yeah, Jakujem veľmi pekne, and that's it. And yeah, then, but oh, that's but if I say Jakujem veľmi pekne and I really don't agree, I should own this. I should own and say, okay, I, I chose to not say that. Yeah. And because of some reasons, because maybe I don't want to hurt person, maybe because I don't have courage to say yeah. those things whatsoever. But then I make, I take it with me. We can still, you know, we always will talk about it with our friends, yeah. like that, this and that. But then at the end of the day, we should sit and think, but what did I do to change it? Yeah. Did I do something? Yeah. If not, so shut up. Yeah. yeah. It's easy. It's easy. That's true. To, to do that. Anything you would like to share about your Slovak experience we didn't talk about? No, I just would like to to really maybe appreciate or thank all the Slovak friends I have. And especially uh, we work for IBM. So, of course, many people I've met uh, is at IBM. And I had I had really big not luck, it's not really luck, but opportunity to work with a lot of people. So some of my managers and one of my first manager in, in skills team where I worked before, she teached me unconsciously. She didn't do it like Katya now sit and listen, but by her behavior, by her mm -hmm. approach to things, by her attitude towards the thing, it made me a different person. And I hope I could have influenced also other people by my experiences and influences in this way. So, yeah, people are great Every We can find great people everywhere. And this is what I would like just to everybody who listens and knows me and really some of them even know who I talk about. I would really, we don't say enough of those things face to face. And mm -hmm. when we say sometimes it's a bit surprising to people, but why are you like, do you need something from me? You know, mm -hmm. you come to person, appreciate, or you write, you write something nice and then people are getting a bit suspicious. No judging, just, just the, what I observed, but really no reason behind. I, I would like just to say that everybody who I met, good or not so good, they brought something to me and I'm really happy about that. The ones who didn't bring me good things, I'm not in touch with them, but still, still they somehow impacted me. We're part of the learning. Exactly. Thank you for the good conversation, Kat. Thank you, that too. It was a pleasure. And um, yeah, good luck for what is coming. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to my Slovak experience. See you at the next interview. Till then, have fun, share and enjoy. You can listen to My Slovak Experience directly on the website myslovakexperience.com or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Tuning Radio or you can also find it and subscribe on YouTube.